Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Give me a follow out on Twitter. It's been a busy day at Clinton Bon. I am joined by, of course, the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And follow him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. Brandon, we have, we got some catching up to do, Brandon. Last time we talked, it was a bit of a sob fest. We were we were crying in our Cheerios about the eggs, the trade of Russ, the uh, the jettisoning of Bobby and me, you and Adam. We were going back and forth, kind of just uh, feeling all the feels. But boy, oh boy, does the NFL turn the page quickly? And we're gonna dive into we're gonna dive into some of those Russ things and some of those Bobby things, some QB things today on three in three out. But I think we also have to kind of break some news for folks out there that maybe haven't seen it yet, or just share a little bit of. Man, what a flurry of some free agency as well. So as you sit there in Montana, two hours in the past, 551 <laughs> your time. What, how does it feel to get this, this news ushering in about our, our, our free agents that we're bringing back? It's kind of, kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I feel good. But wait, since you're in the future, is there is there anything that you need to break ahead of me? Because I, yeah, I, look, you know what? I, I, I know the Quandre Diggs news is out there. That's the big news of the day for Seahawks fans. I know that Will Disley is coming mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Sidney Jones also signing a one-year deal with the team. Yeah, I, I think Will and Quandre were the two long-term deals. And then, you know, in the in your preamble there, Clinton, you mentioned mm-hmm. that we were kind of you know, in our cups about Bobby, but I don't think we had gotten the Bobby news yet. When we were, I think we were just commiserating around the Russell Wilson news when we last oh, wow. did this. Wow. Okay. So we didn't even get to share the the Bobby feelings just yet. Okay. Yeah. No. Interesting. And to to so a couple things to finish there, uh, which which we will in a second talk about the long ones there. But then of course we got Al Woods. We got the oh, how could back I forget today. Al Woods? And and you still just the other day you still left the other one off there. Our future guard, maybe center, the beefy <laughs> boy himself, the tender beefy boy, the tender beefy boy, Phil Haynes. He's not officially back back but he's tendered and with the designation it's very very like 99.9 percent that no one's going to give us a pick for phil haynes right so uh, we're not getting a fourth round pick for phil haynes. right right exactly if you want to give us a fourth round pick for phil haynes we could discuss but but phil haynes is back too so very interesting free agency to answer your question about the future here's the thing living in the future two hours ahead of you on the east coast i'm not allowed to to talk about the the future timeline, it, it breaks things. Aww. We've all we've all seen Loki, and we can't do these things. So we gotta we have a, a lot of a lot to shoulder. I want to put East some money because... down on the Nets tonight. <laughs> Probably a good idea. I had no idea how the Nets are doing. I haven't watched I have basketball no since the Sonics left. So um, college basketball is about to get going. I'm a UConn guy. We got the five seed. So go go Huskies. Go get another chip, hopefully. But man, we got we got some fun stuff to talk through. We just ran down, of course, again, the free agent flurry that happened today. Super interesting. Um, quick aside, besides the Seahawks moves, what do you think is maybe a an under the radar or just a solid move you saw by a different team today? And then, you know, what about like a, a move that's just really kind of head scratching in free agency? I'm sure you probably got one of those. I feel like this news about Tom Brady coming back to the NFL is kind of flying under the radar. That should... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty big news for the Bucs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, very big news for the conference, big news for the Bucks. That's big news for where Watson might go. There's that is there's a butterfly, Tom Brady butterfly effect going on there. Big news for dudes like, uh, you know, the Holy Gronkamoli with Gronk. Like, 
Is he coming back to the Tommy Taco oh, stand for one be. more one yeah. more trip in Tampa? It's gotta be. He probably will, right? So that that's some that's some definitely no. The big biggest news head that. scratcher though, Clinton, and I know yeah. that Seahawks fans will be on well, I I think any NFL fan should have noticed this particular deal. But Christian Kirk right. going from the Arizona Cardinals oh. to the Jacksonville Jaguars for uh I don't know what it's uh yeah, epic proportions monetarily. I have no idea what the Jags are thinking about with that move. I mean, it, it they said it, you know, it, it's not 21 million. It's actually 18. <laughs> that doesn't okay. make it better. Is that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it, in in math. It makes it a, a smidgen better. Go but get Jamison oh, Crowder uh, free oh agent from the Jets for four. <laughs> they, the Browns just dropped Jarvis Landry. Just go. Yeah. Just go, you know, get Jarvis Landry. Paul right? Richardson is sitting at home and, yeah. and you wouldn't have to deal with any PR fallout and you might get similar production. We talked about Braxton Berrios a couple of weeks ago. He signed, I think it was what, a two year, $12 million deal with the Jets again. I think that was the numbers. Oh yeah. I mean, Braxton Berrios is a, he's a much better. I know it's a different type of guy, but I don't really care. He's a better receiver. He's a better football player than Christian Kirk. So, hey, maybe maybe I'll have, I'll have to eat some crow and it turns out great for the Jags. I don't know. looks like a, the Jags being Jags to me, man, Throw, throwing around money. And also, I'm not happy about that because what does that do for like a dude like DK Metcalf, who's actually a very good wide receiver in the NFL? He should so, get double that amount now. $40 million dollars for DK. Yeah, clearly you're his agent and I hear you <laughs> and uh, and, and we, we will. So again, later this week, we're going to traverse through all the free agency stuff. We're going to bring back uh, Adam uh, live. So we're going to do a, you know a trio of us back live again later this week to talk free agency. But we, you heard the big news. It's all good stuff. So why don't we... Why don't we get back, you know, get back to the future a little bit, Brandon. We didn't get a chance. So a couple of days later, I heard your discussion with Adam about, you know, where is the blame to be laid for Russell Carrington Wilson versus the uh, the Pete John divorce? Mm. And I really thought like Michael Sean Dugar did an excellent job on, on their man to man podcast when they kind of spent an hour and a half on this topic, the day or two, whatever, after after this. And he really kind of laid it out as a divorce. He's like, this was a divorce. Don't, don't, you know, don't get it twisted. And I don't know very many divorces where you pay somebody to be with you and then you can actually get compensation for uh, pawning off your spouse to another person. Uh, I don't know very many marriages like that, but we can go with the marriage thing if you want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, let's go down. Let's, let's, let's go down the, the, the game of life divorce here. Just, just for a, just for a, a, a segment longer. So but the way I saw it, you guys, you guys talked about it. You were kind of laying blame. You're like, maybe it's 60%, maybe it's 65%. I think you were in that zone of like that much blame to Russ's camp. And um, when I look at this too, man, I think it's like more like 95 to 98% Russell Wilson's fault. Oh, Now, and again, if it's like a divorce, to me, it's like, okay, the Pete and John team they were willing to live like marriage is about like compromise, living with flaws, accepting flaws. And like Pete and John were willing to live with Russ's flaws. And there are legitimate things. You guys talked about that too. Dude does not throw the ball in the middle of the field unless it's 25 yards downfield, right? Like that's it. He does not use the middle of the field. He holds on to the ball a long time. We know these things. He's still a Hall of Famer. He's still the best quarterback we ever had. But they were willing to live with that. I do not think that Russ, given everything we've now seen, I don't think Russ was willing to live with the John and Pete system any longer. Like, and that was, that was it. So like, that's why I'm like, Hey, pretty sure 
stuff came out that they were preparing for 14 different teams in a certain way, like preparing, you know, preparing uh, an acceptance for 14 different teams. Yeah, That's Russell interesting. Wilson's folks were compiling, a, you know, I think they were looking at 14 different teams as and and ranking them in terms of different types of uh things that the franchise has offered and and so forth and yeah just that's a it's a pretty big number uh, to consider it's a lot right that's i mean how many teams make the playoffs was that now yeah it's 14, about 14? Yeah. yeah yeah 14 so i mean that's that's a lot that's a hefty number to work through and the thing that i kept on landing on was i think it's russ's fault again i don't fault him for the way he thought or felt like you could have that argument right but like he thinks that's an antiquated system he wants to move on. Okay, I get that. But in terms of who forced what, I think Russ forced this and, and we got the result we got. But I also look at that and say, you know, I applaud Russ on one frame for being so pristine and squeaky clean above the surface. And then on the other side of the coin, I'm like, man, this guy is methodical. I don't mean it in an evil way. I don't mean it in a way that, that makes me not like Russ or not appreciate his time, but it's like, it's, it's maniacal, methodical, the way that this has been going on for two years now, two years. And That's why uh, you have an agent. So you can remain the, the squeaky clean and then right. you have your guy that does your business. And yeah, that's, uh, that's how that works. He does the dirty work. So he's, he's been able to maintain that, which I think is, uh, like, like I said, one side wants to applaud that cause that ain't easy. And one side, you know, wants to like shake my finger at Russ and go, we should have known <laughs> the, the, the signs were there. And Brandon, do you remember late in the season, late this season, after the finger injury, we did a three in three out recap episode. And there was a particular thing that Russ started to redo where I was like, ooh, this is a red flag for me. I was like, I think this means he's out the door. Do you remember the thing that he was kind of starting to redo? Wasn't he kind of going toward and not taking accountability so much? I, I don't know if that's the, the thing that you're talking about or not, but I do remember some press conferences where he was not uh, not showing the same level of accountability maybe that we had in the past. That might have been a sign also. That wasn't the one that, that you know, I was running my dog the other day. My dog's name is Bella. She's wonderful. And uh, so we were going for a run. I was actually listening to, I think, you and Adam's last thing, not yesterday's, the one previous. And- what was coming up in my brain, I was like, oh man, I was like, we talked about this. The one thing that I was like, holy crap, yellow flag, red flag, was all of a sudden, he was running the ball again. Oh. All of a sudden. Two, two years of him not taking an option read. Two yeah. years of us like, he's got to run the ball. And all of a sudden, he's not just scrambling, but like planned runs, keeping it on the option, five-step drop. It opens up, he goes, that touchdown versus the Cardinals to, to kind of seal the game last week of the season, things like that. And I, and I remember saying at the time, I was like, I was like, this is, I said it on the, on three and three, and I said, this is his agent in his ear saying, dude, you've got to put that back on tape because then you'll, you know, you'll have more of that potpourri back out there. Sure. And I, and I forgot that we discussed that, but it kind of came back to me and I was like, damn, unfortunately, like. Um, I think that was pretty prescient because where was that? And, and how, how do you feel about the stuff around some Seahawks players saying that Russ was kind of checked out, that maybe he was not, you know, fully in this right. last season? It's interesting that it would, and 
really, if that were the case, then yeah, then then it is to the point to where he's kind of forcing the organization in one way, because if you're not all in, I mean, you know, Pete has them tap the sign right as they're heading out to the field, the all in sign. So if you're not all in, then that's the sign that that the organization may be ready to move on. So. Yeah, I, I suppose the signs were there. I, I guess I don't look at him running so much as a sign for him moving on. But I do remember you saying that, yeah, that you would expect that the agent to put that out because really to that point, I mean, he had one of his lowest rushing total years uh, in his career uh, this this past year. Yeah, and it had been a whole season previous to that, even though he had a lot you know, more yards the year before, the whole he would never keep it on the option. We would kill him all the time. It's like, wait a second, you're back in shotgun and, you know, the, the, the D linemen are 1000% just crashing down on the running back. They are not biting whatsoever because there was nothing on film for a long period of time to make them bite, to say that you were possibly going to keep the ball. So that was, that was telltale and it was interesting. And, you know, like we talked about though, it is, it is pretty quick how the, how the page can turn, right? So it's like, yes. We're going to miss Russ. And yes, it's going to stink when we see him out there throwing touchdowns to the Broncos. Hopefully they win only those three games, those NFC West games. And as, as we kind of start to turn the page, let's get to Bobby next. But when we look at the. And you know, you kind uh, just of, to hammer on that, we, we don't want Russell Wilson winning a bunch of games. We are incentivized for the Broncos to lose now that we have their draft picks. There's no rooting for Russell Wilson just because we've been fans of Russ for all this no. time. No, we are team. We want our team to be awesome. And for our team to be more awesome, the Broncos have to uh, do worse here this yes. upcoming year. And then after that, OK, fine. If you want them to win. Great. That That's that's yeah, perfect. But yeah, yeah. To a I, 2020, uh, 2023, three wins is what we can accept from the Broncos as long as it's Rams, Niners, Cardinals. Exactly. Let them go, whatever, that 3-14. and 14. 2023, open it back up, Russ. Go have a good year. We'll meet you in the Super Bowl and we'll beat you. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the, the, the other piece for me, too, is like, so as he's out the door and as we start to turn the mental page, you know, there's been all this different discussion like, hey, yeah, Watson's a good QB. No way. Don't go anywhere near him. You know, it's third rail type stuff all the way over to... I don't care. He's a good quarterback to today stuff saying Watson's not, you know, Watson's rejecting Seattle. But then I just just saw something that said that that tweet was deleted. So which is interesting. Right. Yeah, so it came I out think there. Diana that, Rossini said yes. the, the same thing, though. And I don't think she deleted hers. I think she said Seattle doesn't have interest in him. It was kind of like the, the inverse oh. of it. And that's OK, too. So let's take let's just take Watson mentally off the table. Probably a good thing to just say not going to happen. And that that's, you know, I think you can make a a football argument why it could and should. And then there's a lot of arguments why they shouldn't, and we can leave them aside. But if you had to quickly force rank the rest of the QBs, including you could glom on just like a draft pick, you don't have to say who, like, how would you start to rank given the team and the construct? How would you start to say, I think that could be our QB going into this year? If there's a QB who maybe slides to the start of the second round, I could see some interest there. From what I've looked at so far, I, I don't really even see somebody that I could put ahead of Locke, which is uh, is unfortunate. So to me, 
you use your top picks on dudes in the trenches and you roll with Locke for this year, or if there's another free agent out there this year, you you just got to go with that and then hope there's somebody there that fits what you're looking for next year. I, I just don't see the quarterback that would necessarily be on the Seahawks radar for this season. So you're not drafting him. And I, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I, I listened to, you know, the uh, Seahawkers pod and I listened to Adam's breakdown and Adam's usually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> He's usually pretty accurate. Seahawks past now, guys did a nice breakdown oh, yeah, on, on quarterbacks. Yeah. They did as well. I thought that, but there was a big, there was a big gap. Um, it's, is it Ritter? Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Is that right? Yeah. So there was a pretty big gap though, between I think the way the Seahawks nest guys broke it down and Adams look at, at the Cincinnati QB for, for Ritter. And I didn't, I'm not a huge college football fan. So it was tough for me to, you know, get, I'm not getting on a soapbox. I did think the little bit that I watched, which was like, you know, playoff college football stuff. I'm like, all right, well, Ritter's outgunned by Alabama, but I still felt like Ritter was good at like anticip- anticipating a throw downfield and yeah. like being willing to throw a ball where the dude is just about to get open and maybe will get open, but putting it in some pretty decent places where I remember one touchdown down the right-hand side against Alabama in that game to kind of keep Cincinnati in it because they kind of hung, hung tough. And I was like, damn, that's a lovely throw. Like straight up, that is a lovely throw. And he was under a lot of duress because Alabama was just a, a superior football team. Yeah. And that's the only game that I watched too. And yeah, there, there were some adequate throws in that game. And you know, if you put on the drew lock highlights, you can see throws sure. just like that too. So I, again, I'd have to go and watch a little more Ritter to see and fully get my, my thoughts out on him. But yes, watching that one game, I, I saw throws that were at least better throws than what I saw from some of the Malik Willis highlights, which as far as an athletic quarterback went, like that's the dude is his athleticism off the charts. But as far as a, a quarterback who you want to throw the ball frequently, I, I I didn't see enough from him in the highlights of his that I watched. Yeah, it's yeah, I get the freak athlete part and uh and that's that's cool. And then I look back at the 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 batch of people that are currently available too, and it's like, all right, well, do we just kind of muddle through Drew Locke? I think you kind of know what you get with that guy. Could you win six games, seven games, eight games? Maybe, maybe you can. And yeah, we got Diggs back. And that was a really interesting domino. Just like that was like yeah. a cult. That was like a, I know, I know we'll talk about it later in the week, but I think we were all kind of very, very worried. I know I was that it's like, holy crap, our culture play has just evaporated with the Bobby news, the way it seemed like Bobby got treated, Russ is out the door. And yet it's like, wait a second, maybe there's something really solid there still. When Sidney Jones, Al Woods, and Diggs all in the same day go, nope, we see something here with the hurt off the defense and the opportunities that that maybe are there. Thought that was pretty interesting for sure. Yeah. And then like, and if you listen to Diggs, uh, if you go, if you check out the Ben Baller uh, behind the Baller podcast, Diggs was on with him a few weeks back, and just listening to him talk about Pete Carroll, it does seem like he genuinely likes playing for Pete. So I, yeah. That could have a big part of it too, but I know I was once I saw some of those pieces oh, I was, move. I I thought I thought Diggs wasn't going to be resigning. Yeah, me neither. I, I think we even said like, oh well, Diggs is Diggs is gone, right? Like you know, we know Bobby will be gone and Diggs will be gone and Dwayne. Like, why would he come back? And now it's like, wait a second, maybe there's there's just maybe there's just more folks. Let's put it this way, on the side of Pete and John that we're just not aware of. Because again, 
as an organization, they do an exceptional job of keeping a pretty clean surface level. That's not just Rust, that's organization-wide. Not that much stuff gets out compared to other organizations that are, that are a, yeah, a flaming disaster every single off-season. There's, there's plenty that everything's on the table and people are tweeting stupid stuff all the time. Doesn't really happen with Seattle. So that, that's, again, a testament to, to what's been built. And then circling it back to the QBs, seeing some, some chats there, I still have this kind of hope or like piece of me that thinks Marcus Mariota is an okay quarterback. And hmm. I will say it this way too, the type of system that I think Pete wants to run, um, run the ball well, you, you know, use your tight ends, use the middle of the field, use mis- you know, and now with Waldron, use some misdirection, do stuff over the middle of the field. I don't know why Mariota can't be really, really be a more mobile Jimmy G at this, this stage of his career. And that's, if you say more mobile Jimmy G, Jimmy G is very middle of the pack. And we, we know anti-clutch. We know that. Like he throws, he will throw the pick almost every single game. But if you took that and added in some more mobility that Mariota does have, I, I still think he could achieve that kind of level. I'm not, not sure where, uh, how you land on like the dudes like Mariota or, or Minshew and the others that are, are out there. Yeah, I think the trade-off with Mariota over Jimmy is that Mariota seems to get injured more often, which yeah. uh, that's not great when you talk about how, how often Jimmy's injured. So uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's just I, there's no free agent quarterback I can get excited about. Gardner, okay. Yeah, you might. He's he's more fun than mm-hmm. Drew Locke. Like I would like that more uh, just cuz I like him as a personality more than Drew. Um, and probably wins about as many games. So yeah, I, I think I, I know I got really excited when the at sports bread account, tweeted out, tweeted out that, uh, that Minshew has come to Seattle for, uh, Noah fan. Uh, yeah. It was no, Noah and a fifth. <laughs> and, and I was fifth, like, yeah. all right. I was like, we just <laughs> resigned. Yeah, we got, yeah. I was like, I'll row with Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And then, and then I looked at the name and saw it was at sports bread and I knew, okay, yeah. this, this yeah. is not legit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, maybe putting it out into the universe to see if someone will pick it up, you know, and, and it maybe becomes real. I think Minshew would be fun. Um, and a couple of years ago, he was pretty good on the Jaguars. That was a pretty, I think that was his rookie campaign. Those were not bad or second year. Those are not bad numbers. They were no, he's pretty put up good. good numbers. He's put yeah. up better numbers than Locke. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know that Adam brought up uh, Fitzmagic saying, Hey, if it's a one year deal, <laughs> why not? The only thing with Fitzmagic is I kind of feel like it's a little bit of the anti what what Pete Carroll actually wants to do. You know, it's it's Fitzpatrick is is the Brett Favre with you know seventy five percent of the talent that Brett Favre ever, ever had, and he's a good good NFL quarterback, but just not you know not the talent that Brett Favre was. Yeah. Um, so that, that's interesting. But but also talking about the fun factor, yeah, man, a year with, a year with Fitzmagic, that I could I could dance with Fitzmagic for a year. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, well, I think that's what we're looking at for this next year. It uh, It's going to be fun now. The game down in Tampa would have been a lot more fun with Russ going up against Tom. Uh, but instead, we're going to have Tom versus whoever we got. Yeah, <laughs> like a question mark. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll see see how that all shakes. And I do wonder, we don't know We don't know yet if that might be an international game. Is that right? Because that's that's not laid out yet, right? Oh, that's yeah. Still, that's, I think we still have to wait to find out Yeah, what's going still, on with that. That's still TBD. I hope they don't take that one away because that's a game I, I plan on traveling to. So right. 
hopefully that uh, that well, all shakes. What, like you can't travel to Germany instead of uh, Florida? Nay. That's and that is the extent of my German, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know Christopher Wolf is going to be very impressed uh, at Beast Mode Twenty Four out there on on the Twitter sphere um, with my spot on German. All right. Well, then I know we. I do want to keep it to about a half hour today. So let's let's rotate over to. We didn't talk Bobby, and again next week or later this week, we're going to get back to the free agents, and we'll talk more about these dominoes coming in and the excitement of. Uh, Hey, bringing the band back together. And hopefully by then, maybe DJ Reed's coming back too. But we didn't get to talk about kind of uh, the, the Bobby scenario last time too. And where did you land on the hurt factor? Was it more hurtful for you for the Russ news or the Bobby news? I forget what you, how, you, how you answered that part. I, I hurt more from the Bobby news. And I think it was just because I... I think of everything that's happened with Russ over the last year. Bobby's never said anything about being unhappy or even hinted at it mm, or ever right. said, you know, four teams that he'd rather get traded to if he were to be traded. So I think that was part of it. And also, I think in terms of what Bobby has meant to the franchise, you know, both of them have been the best at their position in franchise history. But in addition to that, Bobby's been, you know, a lot like Walter Jones, a lot like Steve Largent when he retired among the top at their position in the entire NFL. And Russ hasn't made it to that point quite yet, but Bobby has shoot. Bobby has an MVP vote and Russ doesn't. So one to zero. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I, all that playing into it together. I think, I think Bobby leaving hurt a little bit more to me, although that one I could probably project out. A little bit more just considering you know he was coming toward the end of his deal he had made all of his money in terms of yeah. his guaranteed contract this one year left on his deal it wasn't guaranteed so it was and even when he signed i think a lot of us looked at that and said yeah he's probably not going to see that final year but in terms of it, it just feels like bobby still has a couple more good years left in him yeah and i think that's you know so to so to Answer for for me because I thought about it when when you guys were talking about it. Russ was way more of a gut punch for me. Um, I guess because in the back of my brain, I was already under the impression that they were cutting Bobby. I, I think that was the plan, kind of all along. I just I in my brain I already kind of processed the. It's probably the last time we're seeing Bobby. That number for his position on the field, and what we need, like like offensive tackles, things like that. And at that point, you know, Diggs is out there. We need a safety. I was like, oh man, like I just, I didn't see it happening. So I think I already w processed that he'd be gone. So it hurt a heck of a lot less for me personally. However, the respect given back to Bobby for man, those years of like, of course he came out like, you know, gangbuster. He was amazing in 2013. We win the whole thing. But really when he kind of became like, the, the the dude like 2015 to 2019 say something like that like holy crap what a joy to watch that guy play the game the way he played it and like you said brandon again the even keeledness of like nothing ever out even when the lob is blowing up bobby is that that consistent piece even when russ's camp right saw that today on twitter like i i'm I, speaking of things i i won't i won't care about it i don't, I don't want to see anymore like this whole Russ's camp says, right? Um, when uh, Russ's yeah, camp, yeah, you know what? There's no noise. other player on the team to where it is his camp. 
that we right. that we're constantly hearing from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last time we had that was George Fats, but that's that's a different story. That guy, he deserved his own camp, that man. I mean, he's a triple threat, right? So um, so but you know, so the Bobby news kind of processed differently for me. But the other piece for me too, where the Delta was like, we saw what life was like without Russ with Gino. And then we got a pretty good indication of what life was like without Bobby. And that was part of the hurt factor for me. When I put those two up together, man, I mean, I remember coming back on during the season being like, hey, Cody Barton is faster, like period, right now in his career. Not saying better. He's not, he's not on the level of Bobby. I mean, Bobby's going to be wearing a gold jacket. Right now, the combination of Brooks and Barton end of the year when Bobby was hurt. Yeah. I, I think our defense was better. So like that also took away the, the, the hurt. I was like, I think we're better without him right now. I think playing a younger dude who simply can go sideline to sideline and cover better. That was the big thing, man. Bobby's coverage ability really suffered. Now that might be Ken Norton's scheme. Put I feel Bobby, like it was more scheme than it, it was Bobby. Totally, but. totally could be. But in the same scheme, Barton covered better. I think it's because it's strictly is a younger dude who can move faster at this at this point in his, his life. That that's what came up for me. I don't know if that if you buy that at all. If you're like you, dude, you're smoking crack to say Barton <laughs> Barton was a little. Well, uh, I, I just better. I think the delta obviously between uh, Bobby and Cody is a lot smaller than the delta in between Russ and Gino. And I don't know if there is a delta between Locke and Gino. It really it comes down to the final moments of the game, right. and we know. You know, Gino was a lot like Tavares Jackson to where uh, he couldn't win the game at the end either. So, and I don't know if Locke is really all that much more clutch uh, toward the end of the game either. So I, my guess is not. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be right. So I think it's going to be interesting. And, but I think the other piece of it though is at least maybe somewhere we could land it for today is because, because, hey, great free agent day for Seattle. And we could talk about, hey, some of these, um, some of these contracts were a little beefy, and I'm not talking about Phil Haynes. Yeah, Will- I, I do. I want to. The one that I'm I'm really interested in digging into is the Will Disley one. I know someone yeah. mentioned it in the chat uh, that it was high, and they don't know what John Schneider's doing. I that's the one I I want to get some more details on and really dig into because yeah, it seems like we were bidding with Jacksonville. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Running it up right because you know you look back at last year and, and I realize hey. Inflation's a real thing. That's not just hitting your grocery store. Like the the NFL has inflated a lot too because the revenue money is is they, the projections are gigantic. Therefore, you're seeing these larger contracts. Of course, it happens every year. But the jump from like Gerald Everett at like what was he six million last year to now for one year, which usually got usually you have to overpay for a year because you know the player has less guarantees to a three year twenty four million for Disley. Now I. Would like to see is that just straight eight million APY eight against the cap? Is there cap John Schneider magic in there? Where hey, it's not that bad of a hit these next two years while we rebuild. Yeah, I think it was a four million hit for next year, and so it was it was a reasonable uh, kind of contract for next year. The injury guaranteed money was like six. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I think the first two years are probably going to look fine, and then the third year is probably we're going to look at that and say, well, he probably doesn't see that third year. Unless he balls out and you know, right. then then maybe it's fine. Then we're rewarded for it. Yeah, that, that can make sense. But to kind of land the plane for today, Brandon, great free agent day. We brought back a lot of that core DB. Uh, that That's huge. 
our defensive tackles, the whole line's looking good with the addition of Shelby from the trade, bringing, bringing old firearms back. That's looking pretty darn solid. Obviously, more places to go address, and we will we'll get to those as, as hopefully, hopefully soon. But I was very encouraged to kind of leave it. I have it on screen as Clinton Bond is hopeful. The biggest domino was seeing Diggs come back with such oomph. It just kind of lifted a weight, I think, for the entire organization. Don't lie to me. It was was thigh arms. Thigh arms coming back (laughs) is what did it for you. And that is why you're saying that Monday was a success for the team. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.